to you every day. Uh, we come to you every day, uh, pretty much close to every day, at uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, I don't know what time it is where you are. I don't know what time it is when you watch this. If you download this, you'll be watching it a completely different what? time. If you, uh, we have a, like I said, we have a barking dog. You know why? Because the pest control guy is here. And when someone's out in the backyard who ain't normal, Roscoe lets them know whose house it is. So he's going to bark a little bit through the entertainment portion, portion, <laughs> portion of our program. This is your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world today. Um, like I said, we come to you every day at 2, except on Saturdays we come to you at 7. Although last Saturday, uh, we took the Saturday off, so we didn't come to you at all. We did not come to you. Um, what can I tell you about today? It's kind of a big day in uh, our country. And it's a big day because, because two big things happened tonight. The Democratic National Convention kicks off online. I think it's online. I think the whole thing's online. Democratic National Convention kicks off. Smile for the thumbnail. We're nothing if not poorly prepared. Let me tell you that we are. And uh, <laughs> hey, if you enjoy the sound of barking dogs, this is the show for you today. It's the Barking Dog Podcast. But what are you going to do? You going to tell him not to bark? And then one day bad guys come and he doesn't bark? So, uh, yeah, I don't know if we can really. Uh, <laughs> Oh, work from home. It'll be easier. There'll be less distractions. You won't have a commute. And it's nothing but uh, distractions, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, that's fine. Uh, what I'm trying to tell you about right now is tonight the Democratic National Convention kicks off. It's where they will nominate Joe Biden to be the Democratic nominee for President of the United States and Kamala Harris uh, to be a vice president. It's the first time uh, that a woman of color will be on a national ticket. Uh, I did read some place where there was an uh, African-American woman back in the 30s or 40s who ran on a ticket, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a broad-based ticket, although it was a legitimate, uh, she was a legitimate candidate. But as far as for the Democratic Party, uh, Democrats or the Republicans is the first time a woman of color. There have been women who have ran for president, Hillary Clinton, and lost. There have been women who have uh, uh, been on the ticket as, uh, for vice president, Sarah Palin, Geraldine Ferraro, and they uh, both lost. Uh, the track record for having a woman president or vice president is zero. Zero. And, you know, I think that some of you have a reaction that I have sometime that I kind of am a little surprised by, but not surprised by. When someone goes, it's a woman's turn, and then my immediate thought is, you know what, it's, it's no one's turn. Turn should go to the most qualified, no matter what color or gender or race or creed. But I realize that that's a reaction that might be a little chauvinistic. It is, it is uh, more than chauvinistic. It is a reaction that seems reasonable, but actually is rooted in keeping a status quo. Because here's the issue. I'm going to tell you what the issue is. You want to know what the issue is? I'm going to tell you. All right. The issue is there are countless, I may not countless, but many women 
who were qualified to be president of the United States. And there were women who were qualified to be president of the United States in the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, and now, but never got the opportunity. Sometimes legally did not get the opportunity. So it's not, well, you know, you should be the most qualified person. There are more than one there is more than one individual who's qualified to be president of the United States. Nancy Pelosi is qualified to be president of the United States. Mitch McConnell, even though I loathe him and his policies and his programs, is qualified to be president of the United States. He has the ability, he has the, uh, the breadth of knowledge, he has the temperament, he has uh, the intelligence, he has the diplomacy uh, to be president, as does Nancy Pelosi, as does Chuck Schumer, as does Kevin McCarthy. Not Andrew McCarthy, because he's an actor. Kevin McCarthy was an actor in the 50s. So it is time. And I'm going to tell you my experience with this, if you uh, care to listen, if you care to hear. Um, when I was a little boy, John F. Kennedy was elected president of the United States. And the Irish were overjoyed and Catholics were overjoyed. And... I don't think that we can quite comprehend in 2020 the depth of bias and prejudice against uh, the Irish as they came uh, to our shores from uh, Ireland. That's where the Irish come from. They come from uh, uh, Ireland, the Emerald Isle. Um, uh, there were a lot of Irish in the city of St. Louis. And the story that I've read, my brother Jerry and I talked about it, was that so many Irish immigrated to St. Louis because they heard they would get treated better than they were in New York where they were treated horribly, abysmally. Just, you know, and the same thing with uh, Catholics and Catholicism. Uh, Irish being Catholic, Eastern Europeans. So, um, I can't do anything about that dog. No one's going to do anything about the dog. So the dog is just going to keep barking and I will be exercising, <laughs> have an exercise of futility here. Um... <laughs> so when John F. Kennedy was elected president of the United States there was a whoop and a joy in my neighborhood a neighborhood that was uh, mainly um, uh, Eastern European and Irish for the most part North St. Louis Missouri was Eastern European and Irish and amongst Catholics everywhere that finally it in a sense legitimized Catholics as full citizens of the United States and legitimized uh, the Irish as well. Uh, same thing with Barack Obama. Of course, the fight against the legitimacy of African Americans uh, went on long before Barack Obama and continued with the individual Barack Obama while the odious, disgusting, repugnant philosophy of birtherism was allowed to give rise, uh, mainly brought forward by the man who presently occupies the White House. So tonight we will see, I don't think tonight's the, nom tonight the nomination happens, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, but the DNC kicks off. Joe Biden, former President of the United States, former United States of Congress, a man who is well of Congress, a man who is well versed in the ways and workings of the United States government, a man who we will be in good hands when he becomes president, is his vice president, is his vice president. I know people got all caught up in that. Well, I want to see who his vice presidential pick will be. Why? Because the vice presidency has no power. It has no real position. It's just hanging around in case some other person dies. It only has the agency power and position that is offered to it by the president 
themselves. It's more the think tanks that will be listened to, the heads of agencies that will be put in place, the way uh, the uh, funding that the administration will ask for, how they administer that funding, how they respond to crisis uh, locally, locally, regionally, and nationally when asked by cities, states, and governments, how they work with... And Joe Biden will do a good job. Joe Biden will do a great job. And if, God forbid, Joe Biden could not finish his term in office, Kamala Harris will do a great job. You know who else is qualified to be president of the United States? The most qualified. Uh, well, who are the most qualified? Mike Pence is qualified to be president of the United States. I don't like Mike Pence. I don't like what, like what he stands for. I don't like his philosophies. I don't like his politics. I didn't like his policies uh, uh, when he was uh, uh, governor of Indiana. Um, but he could do the job. Think of its prominent. I can think of its prominent on the national stage who uh, is not good at the job, who would not be good at the job. Republican or Democrat, most governors, most governors could step into that job if they had to and do a good job. Gavin Newsom or Doug Ducey, and I don't like Doug Ducey. I don't like, you know, I don't dislike him as much as right-wing Republicans do right now. They're eating their own over there. The only one who's not qualified to do the job is the guy who has the job. So the DNC kicks off tonight their convention, okay? So that'll be on. But the big news, the important news, the news that'll be grabbing me, the thing that I'll be up against the TV going, oh, what's going on, uh, will be the beginning of the NBA playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. The National Basketball Association when uh, my L.A. Clippers, my L.A. Clippers go against Paul Whitney's Dallas Mavericks. Paul Whitney is a friend of mine, a comic here in Phoenix. <laughs> my L.A. Clippers. And that starts at 6 tonight. So a lot of exciting stuff going on in our country tonight. Uh, there is a report today that there have been no new deaths in Arizona in connection with coronavirus and uh, less cases reported. And that's all good news. And I'm going to accept that good news. May make it later. Although I may make it later. Although I may make it later. Um, and I don't know if that's just because of changes in reporting or if it's actual. Okay. But you know what? It's uh, Paul Whitney's going, go Mavs, go Mavs, go Mavs. No. No, yeah, go Mavs. Go home. Go home, Mavs. Go home. Go back to Dallas. Go back, JoJo. Go back to where you once belong. <laughs> so playoffs, DNC, watch the uh, playoffs. DNC, watch the uh, playoffs. DNC, playoffs. DNC, playoffs. Both nights are kind of like playoff nights because tonight is not the night that they will formally nominate Joe Biden. And tonight is not the night that um, Kawhi Leonard and Doc Rivers will uh, hoist the NBA Finals uh, uh, trophy over their heads. Tonight is not that night. It's just the beginning. But it is the beginning of good stuff in my mind's eye. In my mind's eye. In my mind's eye. All right. What are we going to talk about for the rest of the uh, time? Uh, oh, you know what? If you're not doing anything tomorrow night at 6 p.m., uh, if you're not watching the convention, and I don't know, I think, I think the Lakers play the, play the Grizzlies tomorrow night. I'd have to double check, but who cares about them? Who cares about the Lakers? On the Lakers, that's what I say. I'm not spitting on him. I'm making a noise. Um, although LeBron James is a hell of a guy, isn't he? I mean, I, I really admire him. I truly do. I just wish he wasn't playing for the Lakers. Um, tomorrow night at 6 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow night at 6 p.m., 
Uh, I am offering a free intro of my stand-up comedy workshops live on Zoom. It doesn't cost you a penny. It's free. Uh, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. You always go to comedyschools.com. You always go to comedyschools.com and uh, click the link tomorrow at 6, and you'll be on, and you'll be able to hear our presentation. One jam-packed, exciting hour of information that will help you with uh, your public speaking skills, your sales skills, uh, get over stage fright, shyness, and uh, of course, if you want to be a stand-up comic, laying out a, uh, a template that allow you to pour your creativity in it and have it flow out in a unique and original way. So tomorrow night, three things going on. NBA playoffs, Democratic National Convention, and our free intro. Man, that, that is a night. That's just a Tuesday in America. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a uh, shout out to my friend Kevin Brown. Today's a special day for him that uh, he knows uh, what I'm talking about when I say it, but uh, I don't need to go into it uh, any further. He just knows it is. Uh, I'm looking for right now. I don't have any bobbleheads, okay? But the co- you know, a lot of people worry about the coin. You know, a lot of people worry about the coin shortage. All of a sudden, we're running into a bobblehead shortage, and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Um, so I don't have a bobblehead to share with you. And I don't have a knickknack to share with you. We were uh, busy um, saying uh, heartfelt goodbyes to uh, my daughter who just visited for several days. Man, and, uh, man, oh man, oh man, do I, uh, do I miss her already? And she's only been gone for a half an hour. So um, um, I didn't have time to fully prepare for uh, today's program. So I'm looking for right now something to show you, something special. Uh, should I... No, no, I got stuff. I got stuff to show you here. Uh, we're kind of, uh, we're shifting slowly, ladies and gentlemen, from, uh, well, those of you that watch the show know that it's built on, it's on three platforms, Comedy Schools, Radio Network.com, uh, YouTube Comedy Schools, which no, we still do it, uh, but we still do it, uh, and here on Facebook Live. So uh, we're on three platforms. It's built around three things, your questions or comments. Uh, presented to us on one of these uh, social media platforms. Um, then I usually have some knickknack memorabilia, autograph, bobblehead that uh, I share with you, and then we build a story around it. And then I recommend uh, two artists or two pieces of music based off my vast vinyl album collection. Little did I know, when we started doing this in March, and I was doing two albums a day and doing this show seven days a week, that I would begin to run out of albums to talk about. And I'm down to about... I'm going to say down to about 100 albums, but some of them so esoteric and weird that uh, the only people who liked them or bought them were me. So I don't know what kind of show that makes. So I then realized I may have to transition to uh, CDs and share with you CDs. Now, we can't play this music because we don't have, a, uh, we don't, we don't have the funds for a music license, royalties, mechanics, mechanical license. We don't that stuff. Nor are we interested in buying any of it. Uh, it just it, 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 it makes no sense to me. So it makes no sense to me that I would play someone like the Electric Flag, who no one hardly, that hardly anyone remembers anymore, or Blood, Sweat, and Tears first album, which hardly, and then by playing it anymore, and then by playing it, might cause people to go out and buy it or download it, uh, but they're going to charge me for it. I mean, I, I get it in songwriters and uh, owners of copyrights and music publishers have a right to make a living, but. Uh, there's a space in between, and we kind of occupy that space. Therefore, we don't play the music that we love, but we talk 
about the music that we love in the hopes that you will then go to YouTube at least and listen to it and uh, find something new. This is in my hand from Electra Asylum Records, a division of Warner Communications Incorporated, which existed on 9229 Sunset Boulevard, which is all, I almost know exactly where that is. Okay, uh, that's down in the West Hollywood area. Uh, this is the first album now brought to you on CD by none other than the brilliant genius songwriter Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon, the original Excitable Boy. As a matter of fact, the name of this album is Excitable Boy. Okay, and this album came out in 1978. This may not be his first album. I'm going to have to double check that. Okay. Uh, this was produced by Jackson Brown and Waddy Watchell. Waddy Watchell was, a, it was and still is an incredible guitarist who played on so much of this, uh, helped form the Southern California sound. Uh, Warren Zevon, like a lot of people, like Bob Dylan, J.J. started out primarily as a song, started out primarily as a songwriter, writing songs for people, uh, but there was an emotional honesty and a truth that came through when he sang his own songs that demanded that he, um, that he uh, 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 record his own music. On this album, Excitable, Johnny Strikes Up the Other Songs, Johnny Strikes Up the Band, Roland the Headland, Headless Thompson Gunner, Excitable Boy, Werewolves of London, Accident Like a Martyr, Nighttime the Switching Yard, Veracruz, Tenderness on the Block, and one of my all-time uh, favorites, Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Don wrote, Warren Zevon wrote, Warren Zevon wrote about topical issues in a timeless way and historical issues in a way that made you want to know about them. Veracruz is about an American attack on Mexico, a violent and vicious attack in the 1800s. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Beautiful song. Or in the early, I'm sorry, in the early 1900s, uh, Woodrow Wilson sent uh, the United States Army down there to quell an uprising uh, into Vera, and they landed in Veracruz, Mexico. It was uh, referenced recently in a Netflix uh, TV special, a Netflix show that uh, Shirley and I were watching that takes place in Mexico where an American agent's down there and the uh, uh, Spanish agent, the Mexican agent, asks him, goes, uh, so where are you from? He goes, and he goes you know, Indiana, you know, uh, you know, picnics in the backyard, 4th of July. And the uh, uh, Mexican um, head of the DEA in Mexico goes, hey, uh, and you raised the flag on 4th of July? He goes, yeah. Yeah, we do. He goes, yeah. He goes, I uh, do something with the American flag on 4th of July too. He goes, what? He goes, I lay it on the ground and spit on it. He goes, my mother was in Veracruz. My father was killed there. She was raped and tortured. So it's different perspectives on things. Now, I'm not saying I agree with either. I'm just telling you. So Veracruz is a great tune. Uh, Lawyers, Guns, and Money, just a fun song. Werewolves of London, uh, um, undoubtedly Warren Zevon's most popular and well-known song because it's so not one of his better songs in my estimation. A great song, but doesn't live up to par to him. But uh, Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, which is about uh, uh, mercenaries in Africa. Uh, he wrote rock and roll songs about early 20th century American incursions into Mexico and South America and about mercenaries in Africa and made them fun. And also wrote some of the most beautiful love songs you ever heard. You know, so uh, uh, Accidentally Like a Martyr is stunning. You should listen to this entire album. And listen when you've got time to listen. And you will go, man, I just heard something. 
if you are like me, a Warren Zevon fan, but for a long time you haven't listened to a lot of stuff lately, you should go back and revisit it because you go, oh, I forgot how wonderful this was. Our second piece of music, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is kind of probably uh, out of your bellywick, but should not be. Okay, and I'm so glad that we're doing CDs now so that I get, this is in here crooked. I can't have that. I can't have, uh, when they go into the little slot crooked, that, that bothers me. And now I won't go into slot at all. I don't know what to do with myself. What do I do with myself when I can't, when all of a sudden, one of my minor obsessions, all right, that'll do. Uh, I'm glad that we're getting into the, uh, the CD section of uh, CD era. Of, uh, uh, of Living on a Thin Line because uh, there's, al- there's artists that I love that I own, own their albums, own their CDs. And here's one, and this is, and there's never been a truer title for a group of music ever than this one. This is, look at that, The Essential Bob Wills. The Essential Bob Wills. Now, if you're my age, your first probably awareness of Bob Wills is from a Waylon Jennings song called Bob Wills is Still the King. It's a song that Waylon Jennings wrote. There's a hunky-tunk in Texas where they play Western Swing, on and on. Bob Wills is still the king. It's a song he wrote when he was pissed off at his best friend, Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings was pissed off at Willie Nelson and was tired of everybody going, Willie Nelson, he's the king of music down here in Texas. Willie Nelson's king of music down here in Texas. Waylon got tired of hearing it and wrote, Bob Wills is still the king. The story goes that later on, after they made up, it wasn't a long, long fight. Uh, Willie called him up and goes, uh, hey, that song. Willie goes, yeah, he goes, what was that all about? <laughs> Willie goes, oh, hell, I'm just pissed off. Anyway, Bob Wills is still the king. is a great Waylon Jennings tune. But Bob Wills was a unique and wonderful artist. He was a band leader. You see, you can see there, if you can see that, that before electric, back before electric guitar, back before electric guitars and amplifiers, synthesizers and everything being Mike took over, you needed a big band to make a big sound, and they were a dance band. And what they did is they took a type of music that was incredibly popular in America called swing music, which was a form of jazz, a really popular uh, pop form of jazz, uh, Glenn Miller, Betty Goodman, dance music, jazz music as dance music, swing music, and then they put a Western country flair on it and created something called Western swing music with a country with swing music with a country with swing music with a country flair. And uh, I'm going to tell you what's the great songs on here: New San Antonio Rose, incredibly good song. Take me back to Tulsa. Take me back to Tulsa. I'm too young to marry. Take me back to Tulsa. I'm too young to marry. Uh, Stay a Little Longer, which um, was written by Bob Wills, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, uh, Take off the coat, throw it in the corner. Don't know why you don't stay a little longer. Yeah. This is yeehaw music. Um, And there's great stuff on here, but just to get you started, you should listen on YouTube to Stay a Little Longer. Take me back to Tulsa and what else? Uh, uh, New San Antonio Rose. But I mean, if you're just going to listen to two, if you're going to go, all right, what is Western Swing? Okay. And when you listen to it, I want you to think about a bus full of, and he always had uh, one girl in the band and she always wore like those uh, short skirts with fringes on them and cowboy boots and would dance around. 
and he uh, would conduct the orchestra going, ah, we, ah, and he had kind of a leering look on his face, you know, and he'd do the thing that band leaders do because they're facing the band to kind of turn around, look at the audience and smile like this, yeah, and his gal be dancing. And uh, I want you to think about a Saturday night, you know, in a little roadhouse town in Texas, kind of town where people just come in to get supplies, a church and a church and a church, you know, an insurance agency, a five and dime, you know, and a, a little hall, a little barn. And on Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, and all the people do is work and work their ass off. And it's always hot and it's always dusty. But on a Saturday night, a bus pulls in, a bus pulls in and out pouring out comes a bunch of musicians, a bunch of guys playing nothing but fun. And for one night, maybe once a month, maybe less. For a Saturday night in a barn or in a VFW hall or an American Legion hall, okay, they'd set up drums and horns and saxophones and singers and, and, and the one and the two. And they'd play music that you couldn't help but dance to. And for a few hours on a Saturday night, all those people in those little towns, all those farmers, maybe people starting to work in factories now. People working in oil rigs, okay? People missing fingers because of the work that they did, okay? Women worn out from having eight children, two that didn't live. Young people just chomping at the bit to get off the leash and go out and see the world. Parents trying to hold them back, not because they didn't, didn't like them, but they knew about uh, some of the things that would happen to them in the world that they, that they didn't want them to have to deal with. And they'd all come one Saturday night, and Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys would kick the shit out of some of the best music, best dance music ever. And all these people were able to forget their cares and woes and swing their partners round and round. And that's why I love Bob Wills. That's why I love Bob Wills. That's when music meant something. Maybe it meant a little more than it does now. I don't know. Anyway, that's my recommendation of music by Warren Zevon's Excitable Boy album and uh, Bob Wills, and especially with Bob Wills because you got to ease you into it, okay, uh, stay a little longer, and uh, uh, take me back to Tulsa, you listen to those, you'll have some fun, damn it, you'll have some fun, all right, that's our show for the day, all right, we talked a little politics, we uh, made fun about the dog barking at the bug guy, um, we tried to uh, make it all enjoyable and fun for you guys, I hope it was, hi to each and every one of you that have watched, hi to each and every one of you that will watch, I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with more tales, thrilling tales from yesteryear, here on the loan. Oh no, it's a, I'm not on. I'm not that show. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da